Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello again, and welcome back to another episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. I have been waiting all day for this. We're talking to... Okay, she's a lot of things, and most recently, a newly published author with a debut book. But before we get to that, because there's a lot of in, in her short life that this girl has to talk about. So I don't know, maybe she was a model, and maybe she owned a business, and maybe she's a photographer, and then writes a book the story near and dear to my heart. So we are going to talk to author Caroline Helsing, whose new book is called Unapologetic, Tales of the Original Party Crasher. And that is her heartfelt story of a daughter processing the loss of her mother. I just can't wait. So first, thank you. Thank you. And welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. <laughs> okay. So we always start. I just want to dive in, but I'm going to just take a breath and contain a little excitement. But we do always start with just tell us something about you. You know, tell us your story wherever you'd like to start it. Well, first of all, I'm I'm super, I'm just as excited to talk with you. And I, I have to tell you, I love the accent. It's it reminds me of my, you know, my childhood, my mother from New York City. And I just I I want you to keep talking. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, you mean the New York thing? I oh, okay. It. I love it. Love it. I love it. <laughs> so I, yeah, I mean, I, I am not from New York. I'm actually originally from Hawaii. I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. I would say two days before my 23rd birthday, I had to get off the rock. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Although I loved growing up in Hawaii. I was ready for new experiences and continue um, in the field that I started in Hawaii, which was acting and and modeling and that whole thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I lived in LA for a few years. I'm going to take you way back. Okay, let's <laughs> <So> go. <laughs> I had gotten a new mattress, a new bed that was a little mm-hmm. higher than my old one. Mm-hmm. And I had a little Lhasa Apso at the time who used to jump up and sleep with me and he couldn't get up anymore. So I made a little step for him to get up and I've always been entrepreneurial. And so, um, friends kind of found out about it. And I was like, well, maybe I can make this into a little business. <laughs> and so how old were you? I was 29, 30. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I, it was right around that time also when I was kind of like itching for a change. Yeah. I was uh, actually working with a friend of mine on a candle line. We thought maybe we'd go into the candle business. Mm, yeah. And, you know, we, we would meet up throughout the week to design our line sheets and all that. So we were actually already kind of working together. We had formed an LLC. And when I made this dog step, uh, one day I, I started, I don't know how this happened, but I came up with an idea for a t-shirt for a dog to wear that said, bitches love me. <laughs> Cause you know, I had a male dog and it was kind of funny, <laughs> you know, and she started cracking up. One thing, you know, one thing led to basically that then took over the candle line and we 
we created a, a company that had like 250 sayings by the end of it. Um, we had like, basically what, 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 what would it be if your dog could, could talk? What, what's their personality? Right. What would he say? Oh my God. So yeah. much fun. We did everything under the sun and it was a perfect time we hit, you know, during the whole Paris Hilton era, literally like the time when all of a sudden you started seeing all these little dogs as accessories. Sure. Absolutely. So, um, it was, pretty successful where, um, I had it for about 10 and a half years. I wound up taking it over from my, my partner and then sold it. I think it was 2013 and I needed a break. I mean, I had lived through a lot, a lot of stuff happened and you know, 2000, that's my dog. And that's, so. a dog, and that's fine. We've got him Sorry. too. Barking Sorry. on cue. No worries. No worries. He's getting here. Good. Anyway, so yeah, I needed a break. And so I started volunteering. Um, I wound up uh, getting involved with the Rotary Group. So I was here in Newport Beach. And I wound up traveling with these mobile medical clinics. Um, We would go into, um, we went to Peru. We went into the Amazon jungle. Um, I was one of four people just going into the Amazon jungle, which was an incredible experience. India, where we uh, administered the last, um, we were the last group to administer polio vaccination via droplets. Oh, wow. Before they went to injection. So yeah, we did that. Mexico, all over the place. So um, and, and the reason I mentioned is with, through my photography, I would, you know, document it. So I would document it with photos. And then I started writing and I would submit these articles to the local papers. And I kind of ignited my, my love of writing. I've always written my whole life, really, just journals and whatnot. So you were almost a travel blogger for print. For, yeah, I mean, for philanthropic things. So I write about the Rotary, you know, things happening community. Um, I interviewed Olympians. I mean, it was really exciting. I loved the writing part. Cut to my mother, who I was very, very, very close to, passed away. Uh, and that was in, in, in 2019, in January, actually January 1st on New Year's Day. Um, what was her and, name? Well, <laughs> foreign Leatrice, but everybody loved to call her Patrice or Lee. And then she changed it to Lisa because she thought that was a little more sophisticated. <laughs> so... Yeah, Latrice, Lisa. Yeah, Latrice. yeah, very, very pretty. Thank very you. Pretty. Yeah, I, 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 it's so unique. I've never met an Leatrice or Latrice, but yeah. So she had a, a nickname as well. Her, her nickname was Harlow after Jean Harlow, and actually, New York Post gave her that nickname, which was almost the name of the book. I almost named the book Harlow. But I know this is a very long answer to your That's original. Question. We've got nothing but time here. Don't even worry about that. I want to know more about her and how we yeah. got there. She was, you know, originally from, uh, I mean, born and raised New Yorker, loved New York, just literally had a love affair with that city. I mean, she, so for her to live in an, on an island for 36 years yeah. was, was a feat, you know, like it was a testament to uh, the love she had for my father because they moved there for, for his work. And she thought, Oh, I'll just be here for a couple years. And, you know, cut to almost so went from there. New York city to Hawaii. Well, went from New York city to Arizona where they had my brother and they were there maybe about a year or so. And then, you know, I mean, they were newlyweds. It was all, everything, life was just an exciting adventure. And yeah, I mean so much. So they really did think they were going to come back soon because they put all their belongings in storage. And I, I think it was on the 34, fourth or 35th year there for them, I discovered that they had things in storage. Oh, no. So I surprised them. I surprised them and, and had it all sent, sent, sent to them. And I remember that day was so exciting. We were, I was like opening up, like everything was wrapped in newspaper, but like newspaper from like almost 40 years ago. It was incredible. <laughs> you know, and then my mother, so sentimental, she'd keep um, these love notes that she wrote, wrote to my father and, and you know, all kinds of incredible things. And then like a year or two later, they moved to California. <laughs> so, uh, of course you know, <laughs> they had to bring it back with them. That is so funny. So they were in Hawaii for, did you say 36 years? They were in Hawaii for 36 years, long after I moved away to, uh, to California. My mom was always very vocal about getting off the Island. I mean, she missed the mainland and I know secretly she really loved Hawaii. Uh, actually came 
later, she was always very wistful. So once she was on the mainland, she was like, oh, it was God's country. I need to go back. And she would go back all the time. But yeah, I mean, my, I brought my father and brother into the company, my manufacturing company, and my dad worked with us for three years and then he retired and then everybody moved to uh, Palm Springs. So that's where, where they wound up ending, ending up. And, not and too, that was not- Hawaii, not too shabby. Palm Springs, <laughs> not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> <They like> the- <laughs> but no, I mean, to, to, to talk about the reason why I, I actually even wrote this book, um, I always knew there was a book inside of me, literally. I mean, even from a, I think I was not even 10 years old. I remembered I was going to, I, I remember thinking I would write a book and I was always writing short stories and English was my, my favorite subject in school and you know, all that, but I had no idea what it was going to be about. I just, but I knew I knew I was going to write something. So, you know, I'm very much a proponent of putting out your intentions into the universe and for not caring what the how is. And that essentially that's what I did because when I sold my company, you know, I was doing photography, but I I, I was searching for something more substantial and I, through the volunteer work, I, I really wanted to feel like I was making a difference somehow, you know, putting my mark, you know, back in the world. I, I love being creative. Anyway, what happened was after my mother had passed, well, I'll back up again. When she was sick, I promised her that I would take her back to all of her favorite places in New York. (laughs) And I made good on that promise. And I essentially did that with her ashes. (laughs) Oh, okay. okay. (laughs) I revisited all of her, her, you know, the places that she talked to me about in her youth. And it was a very cool, very therapeutic experience for me. I wrote about it. So I, I, writing for me is a way to get out my feelings and make, you know, just make sense of things and record things. And I just started writing just for the heck of it. I took a memoir class (laughs) and decided to write about my, my mother. I just wrote a couple of excerpts and I thought, you know, this, this might be something. And then, you know, COVID hit. (laughs) So I was like, well, (laughs) let me dive in. I mean, what else am I going to do? So I literally, it was a, probably a blessing in disguise, a silver lining in that I really couldn't go and do anything. I couldn't be social as I I usually am. And I treated it like a full-time job. I mean, I like seven days a week. And, and it, for me, it was a beautiful thing. Just, it, made me feel like she was still with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was thinking about it. Well, you're thinking yeah. about her and 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 that is half of it. You know, it's that's why I asked what her her name was. So, but let me so you were born in Hawaii. Had yeah. you visited New York growing up yeah. or at okay. So yeah. so you had gone back a few times and seen the city. And how old were you when you would when you would come to New York? You know, throughout my my youth, I actually before coming to California, I I didn't know whether I was going to move to LA or if I was going to move to New York. And I trip to New York first, and then uh, I actually write about that. It's pretty funny, but um, yeah, I, I wound up event you know essentially using the West Coast. It's probably a, a nicer cross between you know. LA was, you know, maybe a little bit cross between New York and Hawaii. So <laughs> little baby stuff. Through that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at least a little warmer and drier than, than New York. And, and again, the, you know, the nice thing, I mean, native born raised, still living here, uh, looking to probably leave in the next few years, but every change of season, I'm like, oh, and this is, and it's, and I'm on Long Island and it's not the hustle. I mean, there's a lot of traffic, but it's just, it's not Manhattan for a reason. It was the country when we moved here a thousand years ago. And I came here as a five-year-old kid and I'm 60 and I knew this is where I wanted. I, you know, we just had such a great childhood from, you know, just running around fresh air, whatever it is. Plus of course, you know, when our parents were hands off, they barely knew where we were, you know, unlike today. But I just knew that I really wanted my kids to have that experience. And they have, and now they're older and, you know, one's already in North Carolina, one lives by the beach and, you know, uh, lucky him, nice to be Greg. And, uh, and the other one is, you know, we're trying to just figure this all out. It's, it's fun. It is. But, you know, sometimes you just get to that point where there's different out there and, you know, this checks all the boxes. 
but you can always make, you know, you can make your memories somewhere else. Well, of course I need ocean. Of course I need beach. Like there's such a criteria, especially growing up by the water that you have to have it. You absolutely. I I need to, I couldn't, I personally don't think I could ever live in an inland type of state by the coast. Otherwise I feel claustrophobic and essentially it's probably just how you've grown up, you know, it's what, so and then do. which part of Hawaii did you grow up in? I grew up in Oahu. So in Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii and then yeah. Because my goal, uh, my ultimate retirement goal is to build a, a family compound in Kauai. Ah, you know, yeah. I'm just like, it's calling my name, beachfront. And then I'm thinking, eh, maybe just a one bedroom. As long as it's on the beach, they can always <laughs> come and stay somewhere else. And that'll be exactly. fine too. But definitely a dream and a goal. So let's talk about, I haven't finished the book, but I read this one chapter and, and it just, it's, it, it's in the middle because it's chapter 31. So, and it's a hard thing. I mean, I want to obviously talk about, you know, your mom's life, her stories and her antics. I can't wait to, to hear more, but it, chapter 31 delves into packing up a life. And that is when we're probably ahead of ourselves of going through their things and, ugh, yeah, (laughs) but you put a, a, like the fact that it was, it's not like, oh, I had to get rid of, I had to pack it. You took the time to really, and again, another way that she's with you is like, oh, and and you allowed yourself to go down, you know, the sentimental journey of, is that her scent? Or I remember when she wrote that, or look, I can't believe she saved. That's also a gift to have, even though, you know, it's that double-edged sword of, God, this sucks. And look at her things. Yeah, my father basically relegated that whole mm-hmm. to me because he couldn't. Right, he couldn't right. do it. Right, um, and yeah, no, I mean it's true what you're saying. I, I, you know, coming across some of the items that I did, uh, you know, it, it reminded me of the stories mm. that she talked about, and you know, I had mentioned that stories are kind of just that they're wispy to mm-hmm. a point, and mm-hmm. they are not as tangible as it became more, her stories became more tangible when I came across, you know, some evidence. Yeah. Yeah. Evidence and, and and photographs. And I mean, it's just, it, it all became even more real. And I, by that point, I actually, let's see, I hadn't even started writing yet. You know, it, it all, it's all, it was all in the memory banks just waiting to get out. So yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a very emotional chapter for me to write. Yeah, no, I can definitely see. So disclaimer, so I'm 60. Now I lost my mom when I was 25 and pregnant with my first daughter. And so 35 years now, and I didn't have, I'll say the luxury of uh, enjoying the pack up process, it was more like, God, you know, damn it. I can't believe she left me. I'm, uh, you know, here I am pregnant, like not, not happy at all, obviously. But in my years, I know she's, she's here every day. I talk to her every day. I always say her name. It's uh, so it's such a process and such a gift that you were able to so quickly, I say, really share her with the world. That's, that's what I love. I think deep down, she would have loved that because she loved talking about all the stories of her. I mean, she would, I remember just, you know, just a few days before she actually passed. I mean, she would talk to any nurse that she could, you know, Mm -hmm. and told her about how she used to model and this story and this person she met. It was so cute. And and I mean, she was such a flirt too. She'd flirt with the, 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 the doctors. I mean, and that was her, she had such a light inside her. She was such a, a character. And, you know, I likened her kind of as a cross between like Holly Golightly from Breakfast at Tiffany's to a little bit of Moira from Shit. I love the, I love that. I love that one because I think we all are, or we want to be a little part of Moira. So start with the wonderful chapter, the title, the unapologetic, 
was she a party crit? Like what did, who was she? What in the world was going on here? Yeah. So when she was in her, you know, late twenties, early thirties, she, she was very uh, good friends with uh, Ron Galela, who is the original, like he's dubbed to be the original paparazzi. Okay. Or Hall's favorite photographer. I mean, he shot everyone, oh, wow. everyone, everyone. There's a documentary actually on him called smash his camera which is what Jackie O said to her bodyguard because he was incessantly following her. I mean, he's the one that took that photograph of her, that black and white photo with her in the white shirt and her hair is kind mm-hmm, of in her, mm-hmm. very iconic. Yeah. John Brand, I mean, everyone's. So anyway, so when he was first starting, my mother and I, my mother and, and he were um, good friends. They probably dated. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, um, and he would invite her to all of these movie premieres in New York City. And, and they were everywhere uh, and everything from like the April and, you know, Paris ball to like the, I mean, like, you know, Elizabeth Taylor and I yeah. mean, everyone back in the day. Sure. Sure. Hair. Yeah. And she had an obnoxious amount of confidence <laughs> and she was just, you know, she loved to dress to the nine and it, she, granted she, she didn't have an extensive budget, but she just found a way and she was always very resourceful, even till the end, you know, and she, she lived in uh, this, a world of glamour. Like she had a, she was like, she was a fantasist is the best way to describe her. But anyway, so she would go to these parties, you know, I, I called them the Bonnie and Clyde of party crashing. <laughs> <laughs> Although the only shooting was done by the young photographer. She would hide his camera under the table, then go off to look for Sinatra, you know, And just, there was a lot of stories that I wanted to share. And, but yeah, during this time, she was, she became a little famous in her own right. She, she was uh, written up in the New York Post Mm -hmm. um, as uh, this new party crasher on the scene. And, you know, they gave her a nickname. They're like, they call her Harlow, you know. That's hysterical. um, You know, and it goes on and on. And, um, and so that is sort of what, that was my working title for the book for a long time. I actually was calling, I called it Harlow. And it only changed when I had finished the book and I was talking to the, you know, the people that I had written about in the book. And one of them was one of my roommates in Los Angeles. And, you know, we were reminiscing about how unapologetically herself she was at all times, authentic and all that. And, and anyway, so I'm like, yeah, she's un- unapologetically herself. And my roommate stopped me and said, oh, that's what that's you have to call. That's the title. And at first I was like, no, 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 no. I've got, I've got the title. It's going to be Harlow. But the more I sat with it and thought about it, that it, it just that resonated with me. And so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that conversation because yeah, I think there's something about that title. <laughs> there is definitely something about that title. So she's having a hey-ho time in New York and then clearly your parents meet in New York. Yes, they met in New York. And, and, and that was another thing too. Like I was so grateful to be able to have uh, the opportunity to talk to my father, you know, and, and it was like, I was getting to know the man behind my father, you know, my whole life was very, you know, uh, private and not very, my mother was always very demonstrative and, you know, going to my dad was very serious and he was, he was the grounding force for her. And, you know, I mean, they were very yin yang, but they worked very well. And, but yeah, so I, you know, I'd call him when it was mother's day and I had no one else to call and, you know, got me even closer. And, um, he would tell me these stories about, you know, how they first met. And, and I was impressed with the detail of of his memory. I mean, he knew that it was a, she was wearing a pink knit dress when they met, you know, the song that was playing when they first, you know, fell in love. And I just, it was incredible. And that's wonderful. I, I feel like everybody can do that though. I mean, all you have to do is just ask, ask questions. the questions. No, you're absolutely right. And and it's funny because, I mean, I had a, a similar situation where my mother was my best friend and my father, you know, he was supporting a family. It's it, the guy went to work and he came home and he went back to work the next day. And, and, and my mother was sick a lot. And, and, you know, it was my sister and I, and we were kind of running the house. We would do food shop, you know, we would do a lot of things because she would be in the hospital sometimes for months on end. 
And, you know, we were um, what I call just going through the drill. We knew what the drill was, you know, when she got sick, we knew how to spring into action. We knew what, what needed to be done. So after she passes now, and I remember thinking, I'm like, another reason I was mad at her. I'm like, I'm kind of left with this stranger. I don't know who he is. And he doesn't know who I am. I mean, I'm married, I'm pregnant. He has no idea who I am. And culture too, though, that the men got you is right. And, and really, you know, so you, you have to go through, you know, obviously his grieving process. I mean, they were, they were married and together for 30 something years. And, and my mother died young. She was 52, you know, my grieving, you know, and everyone really had to do it all at different times. And, and I, you know, did mine very differently than everybody, whatever it was, but probably five years into it, I really, now I have two kids and I'm like, I don't even know, you know, I got to get to know this guy. And, you know, I kind of came back into our relationship, not as the baby, not as Steffi. It was, you know, okay, so I'm a woman and I'm a wife and I'm a mother. And so what we have this wonderful 35 years later now, this wonderful relationship that we didn't have growing up because it was, you know, I mean, is he always my father? Of course he is. You know, I, I honestly don't even call him dad very often. We refer to him as the big guy, but we just have these wonderful conversations. I, you know, I'm still very respectful, but if he's being a dumbass, I'm going to call him out on it. And just as, you know, he will say something with his opinions to me and it's, and it's real. And it's, it's a little, you know, listen, it sucks with not having the mother, believe me, but yet it's, it's a little gift I might not have ever had. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's never too late. That's it's never too late. You know, and everybody at their own time, you know, maybe he, he can be more, he can be there for you easier and he can relate to you more as an adult than maybe. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positively. And, and also hearing his stories. I, he was here in New York um, because he lives in Puerto Rico. He was here in New York like three years ago and he just uh, last week turned 88 And we were talking about like what it was like, I have the same commute as he had. We actually, you know, almost go to the same spot and the traffic back then to what it is now. And just, you know, the things that he worried about, like, I had no idea, you know, it was just, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, the real person. I was going to say, yeah, he becomes more human. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Very, very much so. Yeah. So is your dad still in California? No, he actually moved up to Washington. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So my father was married before he met my mother. He actually married at 17. Very, very, very young. <laughs> and they were married for 20 some odd years, 24 years before, you know, marrying my mother. And um, he, so we had actually seven children <laughs> mm-hmm. and two passed. Two died the, the, as his child, the first and, and his last. So uh, I have five half brothers and sisters, and they're all up. In, you know, there's a, a couple up up in Washington, and there's a grandchild, and there's just a whole. There's a lot of people up there, and it's really cool. So it's it to me, it feels very European. I mean, they're all like this one property, but with like different houses. You know, the compound that I so desperately <laughs> want. Yes, yes. yes. So. It was like, you know, I just had this idea and I ran it by my sister-in-law and she's like, oh my God, we would love to have him. And so I just love the idea of him being surrounded by family and, and yet having his own privacy, but yet like, you know, he has a home cooked meal every night, you know, and they get together for birthdays and holidays. And that wouldn't have been the case in Palm Springs. I mean, he was like a shell. I mean, he couldn't even go into the bedroom to go to sleep. He had to sleep on a you know, on a couch because so it, it, to me, I feel like he has more of a life and then also my brother's with him. And so, um, yeah, so a little fresh like- start and, and a great, a great support system. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so. great. So how hard was it to, so I'm sure the idea and the stories have to be like coming to a boil in your head and then you're just going to say, is today's the day? 
like I'm sure you're writing little tidbits down. Oh, that was a good one. And, you know, voice, I'll do voice memos if I want to remember something. And then, you know, when you open that laptop, do you stare for a while or it just comes flowing? I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, being anything in the creative realm, you can't just sit down and go, okay, clock in, clock out. I mean, creativity comes to you at all hours of the night. <laughs> But for me, I actually attribute the fact that I was able to keep going with it to a writer's group that I had started. And we originally were planning to meet, I don't know if it was once a month or twice a month, but then when COVID hit, it all became a lot easier to just do it via Zoom and every Saturday. And I submitted something new every week, whether it was even just a tweak to my last piece. And um, these were all women who you know, I, I looked up, I thought they were extremely talented and I valued their opinion and we all just kind of helped each other along. And yeah. Uh, so, so, so that was very helpful. Um, and also the fact that when I put my mind to something, I just, I just kind of do it. So, so you knew this book was going to happen. I knew by the time I had written a few couple chat yeah a few chapters that it was going to happen um I didn't know if I was going to actually uh publish it for the world though because ah. it was so personal and and what I I was really concerned with was how my father was going to uh my father and my brother but mainly my father how he was going to receive it because he's so private and you know I in order to tell my mother's story fully I had to tell you know my father's story to an extent and my brother's and um but my my biggest thing was I my I wanted to do it as authentically as I could, but with as much love as, as I, you know, authentically, but with love. I remember actually have this in the beginning of my book that I had said, you know, um, I was telling him that, um, okay, dad, this is, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm ready. And, um, I, you know, and he's like, well, that's wonderful, sweetheart. And, you know, and I'm like, but I'm, but I'm scared. And he's like, what do you mean? You're scared you're scared. What are you scared about? And then I long pause and I'm, you know, I just said, well, what you're going to think. And he's like, well, you know, so he essentially gave me this freedom to release. And he's saying, honey, this is your stories, your memories of your mother. And I know you've worked really hard on it and you know, well, yeah, I'm private, but I'll just have to take that into consideration. You know, and I mean, I didn't, I, it's, it is primarily about my mother, my mother and me, but, um, it was, it was, uh, nice to get that blessing from him. And then after he read it, he was just like, Oh my God, it was so, you know, like you did. I really love how you handled my, my brother has some struggle. So he's like, I really love how you handled Sean's story. And, and, you know, just, it was nice. With love (laughs) because you came, you know, it, it, you did start and you want to show it from a place of love. And yet it, if it's life and if it happened, you can't undo it. So here's, here's what happened. Here's how we handled it. And then, you know, we crashed another party. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I, I, I didn't know if it was going to just be for me, but I'm, I'm grateful that uh, I got the permission, you know, to an extent, you know, quote unquote permission, but I, um, that I, I can share it with others because I've, feedback that I've gotten is so heartwarming. I actually, I had a conversation with my husband a few nights ago and he's like, you know, what is it that's, that drives you? Cause like money doesn't drive me, but you know, we talked about what, you know, what's your definition of success and this and that. And, and I, for me with the book, honestly, when I hear people say, you know, my, my mother and I were estranged. And after reading your book, it caused me to get back, you know, back with her and now we have a really good relationship or you know it's inspired me to do a documentary on my family or you know I have a a girlfriend that wrote a very small kind of like a pamphlet but it was um about her grandfather and and her grandfather's still alive and so now the whole family can you know see it including him and what a tribute and I don't know just just so, so many so much feedback it's it's heartwarming and um like, you know, I, I think in this day and age, it's it's uh, lucky with the options of media, not just the book, although I'm a lover of any book. I walk into the bookstore and it's I can be lost there for hours. But you have 
again, on Kindle, you can read it on your phone. I know it's not on Audible yet. I hope you somehow figure that out. I'm a big Audible person and I yeah, love it when actually, it's read. I just finished the Audible uh, <sighs> uh, recording. Okay. So I'm in edits right now. But Excellent. Uh, I'm a huge Audible. I love listening and I love it when the author reads the story because it just because you know what you wrote and and it just brings so much more to it really brings it more to life. So even though I'm reading it, I would definitely uh, listen to it on Audible. But I also you know, it it speaks to so many women out there, as you said, some that, you know, still luckily enough have their moms, good or bad. And they can, you know, they can be your best friend or your biggest foe. They can be your biggest critic that I know a lot of people really. And as women get older and, and you're going through marriage or mothering and you've got those opinions now flip side of motherless daughter, like I didn't have that. It's never good news, but it's different. It's very, very different. Like with friends my age who I look at them and they still have moms that I'm like, you guys are so freaking lucky. You know, this is, uh, it's such a treat. But then you realize, gosh, if you only knew, I mean, if I I would give anything to have those, you know, exactly. Irritations back. Exactly. <laughs> and the, and again, it's just it's opinions that they'll always have. They'll always have. But I don't think it ever diminishes, you know, the love for. And sometimes it's just a way of communicating that you don't know if that's all they ever heard. So then that's you know, people can give what they what they know. They it's hard yeah. for them to go over over that. But so with your book, so you write this now, I'm just, um, and this was in COVID. So this is not that long ago. And how do you, uh, I don't know, send the email to Amazon and say, Hey, put this one yeah. on your list. <laughs> so I, I'm a, I'm a big researcher. <laughs> so I, I, I had some friends that, uh, went the self-publishing route. I had some that went, you know, the, the big, uh, publisher, the, the, the that route. And I, I, I talked to both of them, um, uh, you know, each, each of them. And I, for myself, I determined that a, I didn't want to wait two years, you know, before in the market. I didn't want to relinquish any control on it. I wanted to retain all my rights. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a first time publisher too. So I thought, eh, you know, I'm, I'm, let me, let me do this first, my, you know, on my own. And, and I actually, essentially, I, I, I created my own publishing imprint. So I'll be able to publish future things if I wish under that imprint. Amazon makes it so easy. And then I, I hate to be a plug for Amazon, uh, but I mean, right now is, be I'm, a plug for Amazon. Yeah, Cause there's a I, lot of people I, that want to know how, how are you getting on Amazon? And there's, there's different ways. There's, I think, Ingram Spark and uh, there's there's a few other platforms. But for me, you know, I knew I wanted to sell it on Amazon and I love their customer service. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, because I literally did, I did everything. I did the manuscript. I did the edit. I mean, I did everything on my own. And, you know, there'll be times when you have a question and, you know, you just pick up the phone. They, they help you. Maybe if one person isn't so help, you know, you call back. Um, but that's kind of how I, I, I got through it. And I did a lot. I mean, I they have a publishing book. department. Yeah. So it's called KDP, Kindle Direct Pub- Publishing. Ah. They will help you do your, your paperback and then your ebook. By help, I mean, you do it all, but you upload it. And there's like, you know, there's, there's, there's assistance to a point. They have like templates and stuff, but I did my own template anyway. Yeah. After the fact, I discover all these programs where you, all you do is push a button and it uploads your part, <laughs> right? And I'm like, cut to three months of me like, wait, no, I need that. But you, you, know? you needed, you needed to <laughs> learn that yourself. Yeah. You definitely needed to pave it. And now, you know, there's an easier way and maybe right, you'll right. take that way. Or you've, if you've yeah. had a great response with Amazon, then you might stick with what you know and, and for yeah. the others to, to come. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah, essentially how I, that's how I did it. How did you decide which stories? Because you must've had 
I mean, a lifetime of her stories and of her antics, something tells me. And was it in, did more come to life as you were, I'll say validating when you like see the picture of her and here she's at this table. You, you talk about the seating um, charts at, at these big events. Um, Did that then make sense and put it more as a clearer picture versus just a story she might've told you when you were younger. How did that go? I started interviewing people. Um, I interviewed my mother's best friend, Marilyn, which was one of my favorite chapters to write about their cat skulls. I don't know if you ever watched the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. There's that whole section of uh, the, their, her cat skill days. So I kind of had that, you know, vision in my head while I was writing it because of uh, the feedback that I was getting from my, my writer's group, they said, they kept saying, you know, we, we want to know more about you. And, and I was such, I was like kicking and screaming, like, no, 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 no. This isn't about me. This is a book about my mother. And they're like, yeah, but by knowing you, you understand your mom more. Anyway, so that was like, I, I started sprinkling a little bit of that and they're like, yeah, we want more. So, so that, you know, a lot of it was feedback that I was getting, but then I started writing, um, dialogue. I mean, I was, I was big on, you know, that you, you hear it in the writer's world, um, show don't tell. So, you know, instead of saying, I don't know, she was sitting on the couch drinking a cup of coffee, you know, instead it's like, you know, you, you talk about how your body feels on the couch and then like, you know, you're holding a warm, so I don't know what, you know, it's just prescriptive of what's happening without saying exactly what it is. Um, and then you can do that a lot in dialogue as well. So that was an interesting thing for me because obviously I wasn't there for, you know, much of the book, the her early years. Right. But from the stories that I had was told, I was able to write as if, you know, um, I don't know if she said, you know, this particular word over that particular word, but it wasn't about that. It was about getting the gist of, you know, I knew this is what happened to her. So let's put in a little scene. And for me, that made it so much more enjoyable to write. And I think people to read. So like imagining, you know, her just walking in with that head high as though she belonged because she did uh, into whatever the affair was, maybe on the guest list, maybe not. But it looked like fun, damn it. And probably had a great time and then met other people. And then she gets invited to the next one. What a great I mean, what a great concept. So and then I would write that as if she's doing that. So it's all her thoughts in her head as it's happening real time. So, so yeah, that, that was, that was really fun. And then of course, you know, also in the very beginning, I thought, oh, I don't even know if I have enough to make a book. You know, I only have, and then the more I wrote, the more I remembered and the more I talked to them, the more it came, you know, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. So that I just saw something, I think it was on your Instagram that there was a hotel in Hawaii, her favorite bellhop or yeah so tell us that story that was actually really neat my mother always loved hotels even in 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 new york city i mean the plaza and the st just and all of that the carla you know um so when she moved to hawaii i think also part of her just wanted to kind of be around people from the mainland because she couldn't relate as much to you know i I guess an adjustment sure she discovered this, you know, it was like her oasis, <laughs> um, her Shangri-La, you know, this, this hotel. And it was truly a, an incredible time, be just an incredible place. Um, and they, and it catered to everything, you know, all the, the celebrities and the, you know, prince and princesses. And, so she and, picked uh, the right place, not the, not yeah, the so yeah, that, red roof inn or anything. Place. Yeah, no, it was the nice yeah. one. And that was my childhood, my brothers and my childhood. I mean, we grew up playing on the beach and, you know, hanging out. I mean, I remember playing Go Fish in the Lobby with with Emmanuel Lewis, or we would go to um, Sammy Davis Jr.'s um, kids' birthday parties, you know. I mean, I mean, there's just like story after story. But um, I, I remember, oh gosh, I f- forget her name, but um, I'm at that, I can't remember now. I can't remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Jane Powell, Jane Powell. Oh, right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, apparently the story is she asked to borrow me and take me to Kahala Mall, which is like, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes away. But what? Like, who does that? <laughs> and then I think it's just crazy. Like the fact that my mother even allowed her, you know, but th- that that's the crazy. My mother just loved that world so much. She, she couldn't imagine anything bad happening to me, but I, Oh my gosh. But you know, Grant, I was returned and unscathed and like totally. And you went to the mall. Okay. Yeah. As a child, as an infant. (laughs) Um, I mean, just so many crazy stories, but yeah. So I write about this and you know, there are, um, there were a couple people that were there from the start. One was, I had written about Lloyd. He was there for 50 years. He started as a as a young teen and that was his only job and he, you know, he retired and then um one of my other friends who I wrote him he was the one of the bell bellmen I think this is probably the first that you talked about our friend yeah Todd and I write a little scene where you know we're walking in and she's like hi handsome you know and and, uh, and anyway so the hotel did a little write-up with him you know holding the book and you know just talking about how this hotel is so fabulous, you know, even authors are, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's wonderful. So she definitely sounds like quite honestly, and it wasn't really about her, even though like you're describing her as very confident and, you know, looking good and pulling it together, but she loved people. And it obviously also seems like she saw people and always probably learned their name always said their name, which is so important. And, you know, and, and if get what we might call, oh, she was a little flirty. It probably made, made his, the fact that it, you know, it was a little more than a good morning and who doesn't want to hear like, Hey, gorgeous. Or yeah, I know in this day and age, but okay. Yeah. Especially when you're feeling it that <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Especially when you're feeling it that day. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So, and she, the thing with her too, is that, yes, you know, she loved glamour and being fabulous and all that stuff, but she was friends with people from all walks of life. She was friends with the bus driver to the, the maids to the, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. She just, she just knew everybody. We had a very good yeah. friend like that who, who knew yeah. everybody and knew everybody's story. And, you know, the joke uh, about Frank and may he rest in peace gone too soon was that if he went out for milk, it would be or if he just ran in for something, it would be at least 45 minutes because he stopped to talk to the cashier and then he's going to remember their name and then he's going to ask about their kid. It will every he knew everybody. He knew everybody. That was- <laughs> yeah, there is a, a scene where you know, in the very beginning. So she actually didn't learn to drive until she was 40 something years old. <laughs> so in the very beginning, the earlier, she would take the bus to this, this beautiful hotel and she dressed, you know, in her costume jewelry and like all the bags and, you know, uh, the chair, beach chair and all her two children. And so, you know, the bus driver knew her, she was like a, a clockwork, a bus driver knew her schedule. And so one morning she was running behind and he waited for her. Oh, wow. So she remembered this and I, she gives him, you know, she gave him Christmas gifts. Sure. So yeah, she's. Yeah. Sounds like a fun, fun, well-lived life is what it sounds like. So quickly, because I know I've kept you for a little while, your writers group, local people, did you just find them online? How does one connect with that? That was actually originally from my, my first memoir class. And then I took another one right after that, but it was from that first class. And so I remember when it ended, we were all kind of like, oh. mm, I know once you bond <laughs> over something and that was online also. No, actually it was before COVID in person. and one of the girls came up to me and asked if I wanted to, you know, start a, a group writers group with her and, uh, you know, and I, she's like, I really like to write. And I'm like, I was just thinking the same thing. I really like yours. Yes, absolutely. And so you know, we, we, we formed a, a, a group and, uh, you know, w- I think only one, one girl kind of eventually dropped out. She she didn't really have a lot to write, but the, the rest, we, we stayed on. And actually we just kind of reconnected a, a, a couple of days ago online, but we were talking about maybe forming a little reunion, but 
Yeah. So we were all in California. They were all in LA. However, I was the only one in Orange County. And so I was grateful for the Zoom meetups. <laughs> but yeah. And then uh, during COVID, uh, one uh, one moved to stay with family in, in uh, Rancho Mirage, I think, in, in near Palm Springs. One uh, went to Texas. Another one moved, you know, like everyone kind of moved away, but yet we were still able to connect. Right. So. That's, that's the greatest thing about it. It's thank you, Zoom and, and every, and every other program that's out there that just keeps us all connected in this crazy even time. Us. Exactly. Yeah, even know, us. Back in the day, it's usually like, well, you're, you know, you mean it, it was very more. Common, I wouldn't right? even know how to, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> A, t- a telephone interview? I'm not sure. I I wouldn't even begin to know how. So that's. I just had a doctor's appointment um earlier this afternoon, and it was my first telemed, and I'm like, oh, you know, used to going in person, but right. I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. You know, it's so much easier. It is so much. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good has has emerged. We've really taught ourselves, you know, how to pivot and just new things for sure. Before I let you go, do you have, and if you do, please share it with us, a favorite story? I know that I'm going to just ask you for one of, uh, I'm sure, a lifetime, but there's got to be a classic, a classic. I mean, I loved writing about her days in the Catskills with with Marilyn when, yeah. So Marilyn was an opener. She was a singer. And so she would open the acts like, for everyone there. And, and my mother, you know, they were best friends. And so she would all, they would always go together. They wound up hanging out with like the band leader. And, oh, this is what's so funny. So you had to be 18 to, to work there, but they were always fibbing about their ages. <laughs> so they're like 16, 17, and they said they were 18. So these are young kids, right? But th- but if they're hanging out with like... And this was during the summer, the Catskill season, when people would summer there? Well, throughout the year, but yeah, yeah. I mean, during that era where before jet travel was very popular, right? right? right. Before that, And so the Catskills was where... Where it was happening. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, essentially, it's also where a lot of the Jewish people went. And so, and the people honed their craft there. And so anyone who was anyone kind of like got their start there. And so she hung out with all these people. And so just a lot, you know, a lot of those stories, it was just fun to like hear about that through, through Marilyn. Cause I hadn't really heard of the details from my mother then. So that was fun to write about. It was fun yet extremely hard. And I mean, like when I say, you know, I mean, half the time I'm writing, I'm it's right. I'm writing through, through tears. tears. No, I, I, I know for sure. I know that. Yeah. I can only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine. But you mentioned as far as law of attraction, and I'm going to let this be uh, the last. Do you believe in signs? Does she come to you? Do you call on her? I'm a huge believer in the spirit is there, you know, physically not, but she's with you every day. They're just waiting for you to ask. And, and is she good at giving signs? Yeah, she's come to me often and I write a lot about in our last, the last chapter, actually. I mean, I have so many, so many stories. I remember sitting at my desk uh, shortly after she passed and just kind of, you know, in my head, just kind of asking, you know, are you okay? Is that, are you, you know, our you know, biggest question, sure. Uh-huh. Right after mm-hmm. that, my iTunes came on and I don't ever listen to music through my mm-hmm. computer, but mm-hmm. that, my the that the music part came on and the song um cheek to cheek you know the one right right right. yeah (laughs) yeah oh how wonderful it was perfect for her because that's that's the era you know and and it's like she was she answered my question and then it just went off I I remember her birthday was is March 1st and that, that was also the day that my book became um, available to the public and it was not supposed to be that date too. So that's like a little nod. No coincidence. She had, I'm sure she had a hand in that. Love, yeah. love, love. I had decided I wanted to celebrate her birthday because I would always go back and visit her on her birthday and I want to continue to honor her and celebrate her. And so I had a couple of close friends um, um, and I, we all 
got together uh, for her birthday. It was, you know, a couple months after she passed. And you know how you set up those um, group texts that talk about logistics right, and right, then right. Oh, to see you kind right. of thing. So I had one of those set up and, you know, it was such a wonderful evening. You know, we laughed and reminisced and took photos. And anyway, I get back to my car and I just happened to look down at my phone, which was in my possession the whole night. That text stream was on my screen and I just happened to see there was an, an additional entry that I had not written and it was LOL mom. Stop. <laughs> So she's good. So she's good. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. So, so uh, to me, I took that as, you Absolutely. know, she was with us and having a great time and so happy that, you know, there's that there's, I'll tell you one more. <laughs> the night before I left to go back to New York, I was scheduled to leave in the morning and my husband actually had already left for a business trip and he and I were going to meet up that weekend. So it was my first time being alone in the house after she had passed. Uh, it was my first time really recognizing the silence, like, how do I explain this? After someone passes, there's a lot of hustle and bustle. There are people coming to or delivering gifts or hugs or, you know, calls, or, you know, you have to make arrangements for a celebration of life, or there's this thing, you have to do that thing, right? There's a lot of, lot of, lot of that. And then at some point it all stops. And it was like hitting this proverbial wall and I'm suddenly alone with my thoughts and, you know, just the house. And I, I remember, I remember it vividly. I, I walk into our kitchen and there's vases filled with the flowers and, and uh, people send and, um, you know, cards. And, and then there was this book, this memorial book, you know, where people write, write down their, the things that they want to, you know, send a memorial. So I hadn't yet had a chance to read it. And I, I read through everything and then I came across this entry that my, my brother had, had, had made. And I, we haven't talked about him much, but again, I mentioned he had struggled. So he um, always expressed himself so beautifully in his artwork, but he was very, he was for the most part quiet, you know, like I call him like the silent observer. And I came to this entry and it just brought me to my knees almost. It was just so beautiful. And I didn't know those words were in him. And Anyway, I did one of those ugly cries where it just all <laughs> and I all of a sudden I hear this buzzing coming from upstairs. And you know, I laugh now because it's like one of those horror films where right, the, the right. do not go upstairs, up go out, you know, get out, get help. Right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I did. I'm like, what's that sound? Um, I go upstairs and of course you know, I, I see what, what it is. And it's my little electric toothbrush just dancing away on, on the couch. It suddenly turned itself on. And, you know, I think maybe, and, and anyway, so that kept happening. Like the, the electric toothbrush just out of nowhere would constantly go. But this is what I, I know that, listen, everything's energy, right? Indeed. So, and that's what they go for. It doesn't go. So, and, and I think, I know that when, one passes that said that it's, it's easy for them to connect with those that are left behind through electrical devices. And so that's why it's so common that you hear about lights flickering or, you know, things like and that. to get your attention. And, and it, you know, it's not like you're, they're leaving just a little sticker over here in the beginning, there has to be something visual or, or really audible that then makes you turn and then you say, oh, wow, huh? Oh, I see you. Yeah, yeah. And I always give credit. Those are great examples. All right. I lied. I do want to talk about one really quick thing because I loved it when I was reading about it. And that was the gratitude bowl and the gratitude jar. Talk to me, my favorite thing. So I have this thing I called, uh, it's, it's like my gratitude jar, my memory. I've done this for years. And so what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll, um, I'll, I'll write down something that I was grateful for that day, or I don't know, just a fun memory, something fun we did. And I'll just throw it in the jar. And then at the end of the year, my husband and I will like, you know, read throughout, you know, the things throughout the year. That's fun. Yeah. So my mother, 
she would always call me for everything and anything. And, and, uh, and it was all, there was always a, uh, a phone call when, when somebody passed away, uh, in the, in the, like a celebrity. Oh, somebody, a celebrity. You know, okay. Yeah, You're never going to believe it. Did you hear? Right. But it was always she was just so distraught. Like uh, it was like a and uh, I, I later realized, you know, it's like, these are the people that kind of raised her in a way. Yeah. Like, she grew up in that era. So of course, like, you know, in the era that she loved so much was slowly changing and, but she would always let me know. And I, you know, I was, I, and, and so there was one particular day where she was just like, I'm, you know, she's just expressing how she was just, she got, you know, she gets sad and depressed and I'm like, so formal. And I said, mom, that, you know, I do too. And she's like, you do, you know, she's so innocent too. And her ways. It's so sweet. And I said, you know, what helps me get through a sad spell sometimes, you know, I remember all the things that I'm grateful for. And then when you do that, you look, you start, you start to recognize more things to be grateful for. And, and then I mentioned that I had this gratitude jar that I keep. And anyway, she's like, I kind of like that idea. And, and I said, well, you know, maybe you should start one kind of thing. And, and this was towards the end when she was sort of in and out of the hospital. And, um, one of the things that I, came across was her, her version of it. She had a little gratitude bowl, but it wasn't labeled that or anything. So when I was cleaning up, I, I just happened to, um, you know, I'm, I'm so glad that I, I didn't do everything too quickly. And, you know, it could have just been trash. I mean, there's like crumpled up pieces. of So intentional you were that you were able to see everything. Yeah. So I remember pulling out a piece of paper and I opened it up and, you know, one of the, one of the, the first thing I read was, um, Caroline's call today made me happy or something like that. It was so simple. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> and I and I just kind of looked at each piece of paper and I, I suddenly was like, oh my God, she this had is one. Oh, and I love that story. <laughs> Cue the tears again. Yeah, and and again, the ebbs and flows. Uh, it could be just not even the song on the radio. It could be, oh. you know, the perfume, anything anything and and that's okay again life will uh, well, life well lived and when you you miss things that you love yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's what it's about okay so once again the title of this fantastic book that everyone has to go now let me ask you this because my book group we have a couple of months hiatus but I'm hoping it's my turn next because I would love to read this for my book group. And then have you thought about being available for book groups and being part of the discussion? Yeah, I've actually been a part of uh, multiple ah, books. So okay. it's already been part of three or four in the last, just in the few months that it's been out. And one actually was uh, uh, my the most recent one, I don't know, uh, of a very good friend. She was a childhood friend, one of my best friends growing up in Hawaii, Diane Neal, which, who's uh, played Casey Novak in Law and & Order. And she's hosted a, a book club. Um, and that was fun. That was on IG. And we did that, but I was involved with that. But I also, you know, I mean, there was a, a book club in uh, Bainbridge Island where they had me come in as a guest at the very end and talk and they had questions. And then another, anyway, I, I love doing that. So if you want to do that, I'm happy to. Oh, I'm going to gather my girls together. Absolutely. Consider it done. I'm, not that I'm stalking. I'm just saying consider it done because it would be very, it would be a lot of fun and just to really hear it from your point of view versus what do you think she meant by that uh, yeah, and then then you then you give us that background on it you to get feedback I mean I love knowing like part that touched you and whatnot and then there um you know I've I've heard of there's a couple of people that are mother daughter mother daughter groups that what a great idea. Ah, love. Lo oh my goodness. I've kept you long and I do apologize, but I can keep talking and talking because it's the greatest topic ever. It really truly is. I love your, your face does light up every time you do talk about mom. So just so you know. All right. Name of the book. Go. The book is called Unapologetic. Tales of the Original Party Crasher. <laughs> Love. I got, I, I just have this whole image of, of all the combinations as you describe. And that is available on Amazon. Yeah, available on Amazon uh, in uh, paperback and, and uh, ebook. And then also on Kindle. And then uh, social, where are we going to find you? 
not available on Kindle yet. Oh, but, I'm sorry. But I'll let you know what it is. Yeah, I, I hope to. But right now it's just paper book and and in uh, any book. Social, I'm I'm on all the platforms. Um, you know, Twitter. I'm mainly active on Instagram, and that's been really fun for me too because I don't have photos in the book, and it was a conscious decision to make because. Yeah, because I thought your imagination was so much more powerful. And then if they want to see, I literally, I probably post something probably once a day, every other day. I'm pretty active on there. And it'll be like either a photograph of her, you know, with the story. There's always a story or an excerpt. Um, I found videos of her, you know. Oh, fun. book review or little things. So sometimes it's a lot of it's in like real time too, like how I'm feeling about it today. And so people have said, you know, it's kind of neat because I'm reading the book now and yet I can, and then I can refer to the, you know, these pages. So yeah. So I have that of Facebook and it's all under my name. It's just Caroline Nadine. I have my middle name in there. So Caroline Nadine Helsing author. And okay. And then if, will if be you will be on the lookout. Yeah. And if you want to go to the, the website kind of ties everything in together. So it's carolineadinehelsing.com and that's where you can see everything. Take all your clicks and, and, and find a way. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. And like I say, I can't wait to finish. And then I'm going to rally the book group girls and be like, this is, is it my turn? Because I'm going to cut because I've got an author lined up that we can talk to afterwards. We talk to you after you after you finish. And- oh, absolutely! No, 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 for sure, absolutely for sure. It's it's been very very enjoyable, and it's it sucks what happens that we're not here forever. But always remember those good times, remember those memories, and and keep the memory alive. Yeah, you know, it's some it takes it's hard in the beginning to talk about it again without tears streaming, and that's okay. And then eventually, other people. It just it's fun to share the story. It's fun to share her. Thank you for sharing yeah, her. Thank you, thank you. And you can do it too. Everyone out there can do it as well. You know, with their own family members or love. There's in any way you know if it inspires you to write your own piece or 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 you know, film or just, you know, not even to put it out. Document, right. Document. It's, you will be grateful that you have that, you know, down the line. So good. And on that, I'm going to say thank you again. Good God, you've heard it here. Oh, that was great. And you're right. Well, document, talk to, write down, take the picture, write the funny story, interview who's ever still here to, to hear that, hear it from their perspective. And and what you're probably going to hear is something maybe different, but it's also fun for them to remember as well. And, ah, thank you. All right. So thank you all for listening to this week's episode. I know, I know comments, please go, 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 go to the website. And I want to hear all about it and all of your takeaways, joyfoundhair.com. If you haven't already, please do. I don't know what you're waiting for. We are into this 30 something episodes and counting. So you'll hear us on Apple. You'll hear us on Spotify. I heart wherever you listen to your podcasts we appreciate your subscribe we appreciate your rating and reviewing and just always remember the good times until next week thank you thanks for listening to this week's episode of the joy found here podcast if you've enjoyed what you've heard today please share it with a friend and of course if you haven't already done so subscribe rate and review the show on your favorite podcast player Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.